This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you. For, I'll tell you something. I said the Pride of West London podcast. And that the immediate view that came into my mind, if you've seen the photograph out there, we'll see if we actually tell you what we'll do. We actually might try and make it the, uh, we might make it the photograph for this podcast, actually, as you see it, where you've got all the players celebrating. In the background was a little sign saying Pride of London. And the players are celebrating at Chelsea after beating them 2-0. This is coming to you the day after Brentford beat uh, Chelsea 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. And like I said to you, this is the Pride of West London podcast. My name is Billy Grant and I'm sitting here still smiling away, chuckling away after a fantastic evening spent at Stamford Bridge. We have my mate Laney and all sorts of characters. Laney, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. As you said, yeah, buzzing from last night still, like most of the Brentford fan base will be. It's, uh, you know, we've waited long, long years, hard, hard slog it's been at times, uh, looking at, you know, looking at QPR, looking at Chelsea, looking at Fulham in the top flight and us kind of never even imagining that we'd be going to these places and, and, and giving them a bit of a bit of a tactical lesson and uh, yeah no, we, we sat, sat top of the West London League and um, as the games are running out we stand every chance of uh, finishing in the Premier League um, ahead of all our um, West London rivals so it's, uh, it's, it's, it was incredible last night the, 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 the fans were great the players were great and um, the pubs were great before and afterwards so yeah no, a really a really really proud day to be a Brentford fan definitely yeah. a lot of pride of West London ringing around the place and like I said to you we're going to talk about about Chelsea game uh, a little bit later as well because obviously there's plenty to talk about in that Chelsea game as well uh, but this week I mean, we're also we're just going to briefly hark our minds back to or back and forward to the fact that as you know Brentford are booked on this USA tour I know maybe a lot of you that are out there who are listening and thinking this has got absolutely no interest in this has got nothing to do with us it's USA it's a pre-season friendly and we're not going to be involved so we're 
going to you know talk about it like i said to you just a little bit just to let people know who are interested and primed up that you know we've actually kind of <laughs> i've done the complete u-turn and i've actually gone out and bought tickets for the flights and everything and matches and everything like that because i just couldn't i just couldn't bear it any longer actually especially after spending saturday after the match with the usabs who are in the globe and i thought i've got to do it so i i've, I've changed my plans you know I'm, I'm coming back from nice and i'm coming back early and i'm flying back out to america and i'm sleeping overnight in the airport and there's all sorts of nonsense going on but looking forward to it but what we've decided going to do is that we're going to probably dedicate a little bit more time in the next podcast which is the liverpool podcast talking about the usa tour because there's quite a few things that we probably want to talk to uh do you about that there's just some interesting sort of things to to look out of or like the ticket buying experience i have to admit wasn't great the tickets are very very expensive some people turn around and saying well you know it's not meant to be for the uk fans it's for american fans but it's kind of like you know it's interesting how our inverted commas as a user word product is over in, in, in america as to how it is over here as well uh talking about actually how there may be some events out there some places of meeting up points some drinking joints as well all things like that you know we'll talk about that next week on the podcast just to just give a little bit of a taster for people then obviously we'll do something a little bit nearer the time because we've still got a couple of months to go on that which is all good as, as look at my emails just popped up your flight is booked on delta airlines you know as well my flight down Ooh. to atlanta on delta from new york after i've spent the whole night sleeping in some bar or i've got a i'm trying to do an all-nighter in a bar in williamsburg and, and actually in meet kind of linking my flight from new york down to atlanta as well but um you, you're obviously looking forward to that as well though aren't you laney yeah i i am you know like yourself it's like i think it was a, a heavy dose of fear of missing out um and you know having been to you know see brentford play in the anglo-italian back in the early 90s you know it, it i think i would have been kicking myself um if i hadn't have gone to to, to that you know it, we had such a great time in italy um obviously the football itself was you know pretty meaningless and it will be the same this time around you know it, it is a pre-season tournament um, and you're right to say it's not really designed for for us to travel to but you know if, if brentford are playing anywhere in the world and there's a chance of being there you know you, you want you want to say that you you were there you know it's, it's a, it, it should be an incredible trip there are lots of positives and there are a lot of negatives and um yeah you, you, as you say we, we'll, we'll go through that in a lot of detail um next week including you know some you know as we're both out there we're, we're going to do some besotted events in and around the fixtures um some live podcasts um for, for brentford fans who are traveling and for us us Brentford um, supporters, uh, which is a, a growing army, um, and uh, yeah, so we, we'll gives us a little bit more time to plan a few more things, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, I look forward to having a chat about it because it's you know it's 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 going to be um, you know a landmark um, tour that we're invited to. Um, we'll, we'll embrace it whether we do that every year or not. We'll have to see, but this time we will. We'll see. I mean, we might even dust off the old cameras, actually, and uh, bring back the old Besotted video blogs as well. Like I said, you know, we started doing those. If you go and check out Besotted on 1992 on YouTube, we've got videos going back all the way back to what, 2013. We've been doing video blogs for ages. You'll find that from every every match, pretty much every single match. So like I said to you, if you're a new fan, go to Besotted 1992 on, 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 on YouTube and you'll find loads and loads of videos, including, I mean, there's videos like, you know, the game that we lost against Doncaster, which some people don't want to talk about that, but we actually documented that whole actually we didn't yeah we did lose against Doncaster you know when we actually missed out on promotion on the last game and the last kick of the season as well we've actually got that whole game documented from in the pub beforehand in the game it's 
itself, the penalty, the, the, the missing of the penalty, the full Monty, and after the game as well. It's all inside there. So if you want to get yourself a little bit of Brentford history from the fans' perspective, just go to Besotted 1992 um, on YouTube. Like I said, you said come said, a long you, way, Bill. Yeah, We've come a long way. That's right. Yeah, we might dust off those cameras again just for uh, just for one 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 little trip, eh? But anyway, like as they say, listen. Oh, God damn it! Like so as we're moving Ooh. forward, um, moving forward. And we moved forward last night because we uh, we had a big game last night. We had a big game down at Chelsea last night, which I'm still recovering from. And I'm sure lots of you are also recovering from that one. Um, what a good night that was. Um, we're going to go away, have a little drink, come back. And then we're going to talk about that game against Chelsea. Stamford Bridge. Good hunting ground for Brentford. Been there twice. Won twice. And they're looking at our West London rivals again. You know, if you look at their records, they've uh, been there, I don't know, 17, 18, 19, 20 odd times. And they, I don't think they've ever won Stamford Bridge, but, you know, we've got a 100% record at Stamford Bridge. So uh, it's doing all good. Tell you what it's going to do as well, because obviously we played Chelsea on Wednesday. We also did play Aston Villa on Saturday. We're just going to just sort of kind of just quickly, briefly talk about the Aston Villa because also we need to hark our minds back to that to a little bit. We're going to go to the fans in a second to hear what they had to say after that game. But it's almost like the Aston Villa game. There was a bit of disappointment, Laney, because we played really well and then we kind of got tacked back when they scored a goal in the last 10 minutes to give them a point. The Villa fans, as you'll hear on the clip, were very delighted that they got a point out of that game. We were slightly disappointed that we didn't get all three points. But if anything, you could say that may have set us up for the Chelsea game. Yeah, I, th- I think it probably did because I, I, I think you know the, the players would have would have seen Aston Villa, you know, th- them equalising so late as a, as a, as a missed opportunity. Um, Aston Villa were one of the form teams um, in in the Premier League. They had, they, they came to um, to the GTEC in in you know having won f- you know five or six on the trot, I think it was, um, and uh, they they were not as good as they had been, and, and Brentford really deserved to, to win that and it 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 would have I think it would have kind of spurred spurred us on to kind of just dig a little bit deeper because it was just a just a bit of a bit of a lapse at the end of the of, of the game and we, we, we allowed the pressure to build and build and build and we didn't clear. Whereas um, at Stamford Bridge last night there was a lot of pressure on us. They had a lot of possession um, and I know you've got some thoughts about that possession. But in, in the final third, Brentford were just exceptional um, against Chelsea, against, you know, on paper, even better players than Aston Villa have got. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I think the, the Chelsea game happened as a, as a little bit of a, as a, as a not a backlash or just a, a reaction too. But I think it just, you know, it showed, it underlined that you can't switch off for a minute. And we didn't switch off for a minute last night. Or we didn't even switch off for a second, really. They had a couple of little chances. Um, but, you know, we, 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 we sprung um, to, to get that all-important second goal. And it was just lovely to see Brian and Bumo uh, smashing it home. I know it took a little nick and a little deflection, but um, you know he, he deserves a goal and he came on. We didn't sulk. Um, he, he chased down Sharda and um, and and um, and Brian and Bumo. We're going to be seeing a lot more of those two together. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Right, listen, okay, look, what we're going to do? Um, let's just go over to the fans. Let's first of all let's go to the game on Saturday. Listen to what the fans had to say after the Villa game. Then we're going to flip 
into the Chelsea game yesterday to hear what the fans had to say straight after that Chelsea game. They're a decent team and they came at us at the end when they were getting a bit more desperate. But I thought for most of that game we controlled that and we had some pretty decent clear-cut chances. Onyeka should have buried that. Shardy's, you know, missed an open goal. Probably you know, saw his name up in lights. But there's a lot of good stuff out there today. We have buried that game, actually. We had at least two clear-cut chances. They really had one and scored with it. And that was all they needed. Um, disappointing result. We move on. You know, let's remember the good times. Let's remember what we did against Chelsea last year. So looking forward to Stamford Bridge on uh, Wednesday night. It's, it's a coulda, shoulda, woulda today, isn't it? Um, I mean, we did play really well against a very good side, I thought. Um, but yeah, yeah, taking our chances, that's, that's, that's premium, isn't it? And we, we didn't really do it today. I thought we got away with it today. thought Brentford were the better team. Although we, had, we hit the post in the first half. I thought first half, uh, Mbwemwe stopped Moreno getting forward, which is our outlet. And then the second half, it actually changed with uh, Martinez coming off. I thought we were shaky at the back. But got away with the point, so onwards and upwards. Yeah, we just didn't finish the chances that we had. We created so many chances today, which is very impressive against a side that's coming off of, what, four or five wins? To create that many chances, they look completely rattled, Villa. So I think I was very, very impressed with our offensive play today. I think we played well today, but I am disappointed. I thought that defending in the last 10 minutes was shocking. It's Keystone Cops, under-11s defending. They just couldn't clear it. It was, it was really bad. It was really bad. We were the much better side today. No, I, I'm not frustrated at all. We played well today. We, we missed so many chances, really. Sade, open goal. Uh, Tony, overhead kick. I was up. I was celebrating already that when was, he was winding that, that up. Um, but no, we, we played really well. After the game against Wolves last week, where we were downright awful, um, I think today was a, a welcome improvement and bring on Chelsea, I say. Bring on Chelsea. Another repeat of last year would be amazing. I love there is second on it, mate. Oh, the goal. Oh, there's Brian over there cutting in, scoring. Yeah, we had it all in control. We had the better chances in the first half. They had one shot on goal. Tame head up on Thiago Silva. And that was really it. We were in control. Second half, Bosch came out. Two goals scored. Win the game. Comfortable again. Easiest place to come in the league, Stamford Bridge. So solid defensively. Can't think of a mistake we made at the back. Me, Pinner, Me! All the defence are outstanding. And then to have the pace like Brian Sharder to come on, kill the game off the way, Brian. They're so pleased with Brian. Worked so hard. And that's what he's capable of. After last season, I didn't think it could get any better. But this is unbelievable today. We did a great job. It wasn't the best of games all the way through. But, I mean, when Brian scored that goal at the end, unbelievable. Everywhere. We went mental. I mean, they get battered everywhere they go. That's the rumour. Oh. To think that we could come here and do, do a team like Chelsea, 2-0. Yeah, easy, easy. We love coming here. Yeah. We Every love coming season. here. It's just wonderful. Yeah. It's living the dream. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe how far we've come in the last 10 years. Chelsea were terrible. We played really well. Didn't have many shots on target, but we were the better team. Took the chance. What a great goal by Brown. What a great night. We, we're never going to beat the 4-1, are we? But this was really good as well. Feeling very, very good. It's becoming a nice habit coming here and winning, isn't it? It wasn't our usual positive attacking Brentford that we, we get from Thomas. I think he came here to do a job. Um, but to be fair, Chelsea were a lot poorer than I expected them. Uh, you couldn't make this up. No. Fan fantastic game. Uh, good to see Roslev getting minutes. I'd like to see him be a bit more confident. Yes. Um, if he had the same confidence as Rico, we'd have two wonderful fullbacks. Rico, what a player. Ben Mee, what a player. 
they were such a poor team. Considering the the like the second half, left flank for Chelsea, Mudrick and Chilwell, right flank, Sterling and uh Reece James. I mean my god. We shouldn't be able to beat a team like that, but we did comfortably. We're just we're fucking dead. We're fucking dead. Let me tell you, it's 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 not a lack of quality. You see our players, you see them in moments, we're very, very good. It's just lack of passion. I think we have, a, we have a owner who doesn't really know what he's doing, signing too many players and it's lack of cohesion and honestly our players have they've sort of just given up at this point in the season. You know, you guys go up against anyone, any big club. You'll even go to their fucking home grounds, city's grounds, Liverpool grounds, our grounds and you play with a sack of nuts. You don't play fearless. You know what we play with? Fucking scared. No matter who we play, it's scared. We have we start the lineup with Sterling as our only attacker. It's just it's fucking it it, it, it just pains me. It really does. UBs? Huh? UBs? Uh, get the fuck out of here. So there you go, fans. Two different sets of views. Uh, one absolutely ecstatic. Set of views as well, and interesting to hear that Chelsea fans' view because he just was not happy at all. And, and all the Chelsea fans that I do, it's, it's really, it's really weird because it's almost like you know you've had years of Chelsea fans absolutely poking you in the eye and giving it the large and all this kind of stuff that you've had to put up with, and now that we've you know we've 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 done them a kipper a couple of seasons in a row. They're being very kind of like, almost like very nice. Goes, oh, yeah, you deserve to win. Oh, that was quite good, isn't it? So they've sort of kind of taken off that sort of arrogance as long as like they think, I've got to take, put, take my arrogant coat off, you know what I'm saying? And just, just be completely and just, just let, let Brentford just say what they want to for now because I could hopefully I could put the, my arrogant coat back on in two years' time when we'll be back again, like, you know? So it's quite weird because you, you, know, you just, you know, you, the Chelsea get battered and all these kind of things and they just go, oh, yes, yeah, we did actually, yeah. So uh, it's a little bit frustrating because you're trying to get in there um, but it's all good, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, Laney, you enjoyed that, didn't you? I'll tell you something, I'm going to ask you the question. What did mm. you think when you saw that lineup? Because the lineup was a little bit different, you know. We got, you know, obviously me and Pinnock, big big boys in the defence there as well. But we had Zanker in there, Roslev was brought back in, you know, with Henry, so he got a three stroke five at the back. And then also you had Onyeka in the midfield with Jensen and Yenelt as well, with uh, Tony and Visa up front. I mean, what were your thoughts? Yeah, big, big game Mads. Um, back in back in the back in the starting lineup, uh, and Zanka, yeah. I mean, going five at the back, uh, it was clear that you know we were going to set up a wall there, and um, you know the outlet was obviously going to be Henry uh, bombing forward, and to a lesser extent, a lesser extent, Roslev. Um, but we, we had a lot of strength there. I thought Yanel had a, a had a great game in the middle. I thought Frank. Um, you know, I, I think there's still room for improvement with Frank Onyeka. I don't think we've seen the best of him by a long stretch, but I thought he was a bit of a bit of a rock there. I think he grew into the game. Um, Tony and Wiesa, they didn't really get a lot. Um, you know, didn't get much of a sniff uh, during the game. They, they, you know, they, they were kind of not marked out of it, but that that really, you know, we were on the back foot. But I, I have to say, you know, Zanka. It's just he, he doesn't. I don't know. He's almost like the forgotten player, isn't he? And you know, it, he, but he's, he's he's always he's always done such a decent job for us. And uh, you know, and the same with Mads Roslev. I, I think you know the pair of those two are, are kind of unsung heroes 
um, they, they, they really don't let us down. And, you know, especially Roslev, you know, he, he's been part of every great result we've had this season. Um, and obviously, you know, last season as well and getting getting to the Premier League in the, in the playoff final against Swansea, you know, that, that run he did. And, you know, that, he's, I, I, you know I, I just think we kind of always looking past him. And I, I just think, you know, it's not, not really to knock Hickey. And I know Hickey's been linked with a couple of really, Man United and Man City apparently looking at him. Um, so, you know, watch this space about him um, his future, but you know, I, 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 always, I just, as I said, I just think we always look past Roslev and past Zanka, and they, they, they both do such a great job for us. But player of the match last night was was Pinnock. Um, he, he, he was just excellent, and you know, he, he rightly got the the man of the match. But yeah, walking into the ground, seeing the starting lineup, I thought it was a, a weakened Brentford. I have to admit, I did expect to see. Brian and Bumo and Shard to start. I thought we'd ask a lot more questions from the off because Chelsea um, are a kind of stunned animal at the moment, stunned big game. Um, and um, but we got the tactics right. Um, Thomas got the tactics right. We got we got the substitutions right at the right times, and it worked out absolutely bang on, Bill. Right, and and he likes to. Um, it's like it's, it's what, I mean, Thomas he. We talk about this quite a lot. I mean, Thomas Frank, obviously, he studies and our team study every single team. I'm sure every team does it, but we've obviously got our way about doing it. And knowing what our strengths are, they feel very comfortable in playing particular ways against certain teams. And I have to admit, I mean, I was sort of sitting there, you know, we were at the top, we were at the top so you could sort of see, you know, better view when you're at the top, you can see what's going on. And for Brentford, you know, if you look at the game in sort of four quarters... We were almost like quite happy to give Chelsea the ball, you know, up to the second, you know, the second. So as long as it wasn't in the, our final quarter, you know, there's two halves in the in our half in, 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 in on the pitch, okay, where we're defending, okay. So um, they can't. We were happy for them to have the ball in the second half, you know. So it's like the second quarter of the sorry, the second quarter of the pitch, you know, so up to the halfway line. As soon as it came into the to the quarter where you're coming into the 18th, that's when we started to press them. But we were quite happy that them doing whatever they're doing around there, you know, take a shot from 35 yards, 30 yards, you know, they were quite happy with us doing that, them, them doing that. And it's almost like we were so comfortable in defending and letting them sort of kind of come in and come to us because I think that obviously, you know, our tactic was to take the ball, rob them and then hit them on the break because we are so fast on the break. I mean, if you look at the stats, um, stat side of it as well, our XG was 0.87, you know, as opposed to Chelsea's, which was 1.34. So Chelsea, um, in principle, created more bigger chance opportunities. But then saying that, their one big opportunity came from was Abamyang, who had that chance. Was it in the second? Was it the second half? Yeah, that chance. Yeah, second, yeah, half, second half, half. Okay, and that was um, that was nearly one in two. So it's nearly fifty percent. I think it was about I think it was about forty-five, forty-six percent of those normally go in the back of the net. And he fluffed it. He, he missed that. You know. And other than that, I think they had another couple of chances which were sort of kind of fifteen, ten, twenty. 20%, maybe 20%, 50%. Then they had lots and lots and lots and lots of small chances. So there was that one big chance. And you've got to ask the question, if they got that big chance, how would that have changed and how would it have affected the game? Whereas we actually didn't create that many chances or many good high opportunity chances. And the goal that we actually scored by Brian and Bumo was actually... 
10%. So one in one in 10 normally of those go in the back of the net. So it's actually a really well taken goal. But then there's a bit of an anomaly here as well because we're trying to work out the goal that we actually scored. And uh, because we didn't actually have a shot on goal, the ball was like a cross that got deflected in by their player. Um, it's actually hard to work out because that, that wasn't attributed to, to our chances to an XG. You know, so, you know, in any other time that might have been, you know, another... 2.3 or 0.2 0.4 so it wasn't so maybe it's a little bit higher and it's a little bit kind of all over the you know a little bit it, it doesn't quite show the full picture but I think from what I'm saying here is that we obviously set out to keep it tight you know as they say you know Brentford had one chance on goal and scored two goals so that's super efficient like you know so if we're out to keep it tight hold off Chelsea and then just hit them when we can and also the interesting thing is that you were saying that Brian and Bumo so Brian and Bumo you, you expected to see him and Sharda start but they didn't they put them on the bench and it's almost like we were there to grind Chelsea down and then on what's it 70 minutes or whenever it was when we brought them on you know it's just like you know if you were on the pitch there the last thing you want to see you've got tired legs the last thing you want to see is like Brian and Bumo and Shardo coming on you're like oh no oh, Jesus Christ what's going on here like you know so it's almost like Thomas his plan was absolutely perfect you know he probably actually planned for us to be nil all up until that point and then we go right then we'll hit him on 70 minutes but it actually went even better because we got the goal so I think you know Thomas Frank as we we laugh and we joke and say he knows exactly what he needs he obviously he knew exactly what we needed against Chelsea and he did it yeah I mean he was also listening to the um, both managers um, their post-match comments it was I, I thought I thought they were both fascinating really I mean Frank Lampard um, the the man that you do want to talk about a defeat because he's so well practiced at it he's, he, 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 he can pad a defeat out into sounding like a victory um, he's, I think he's lost 19 of his last 20 games as a as a manager now um, and you know he said Brentford do what they do very well he said that about three times you know they do what they do very well as if that's like a it's a real derogatory kind of backhanded salty compliment like yeah they're not very good but they do what they do well what what we attacked clinically and we defended brilliantly is is how where's there a negative there you know you're up against a team that Oh, have spent half a billion pounds in the last transfer window and they're bringing on almost £200 million worth of substitutes during that game um, and you know you're, you're kind of giving it, giving it a bit of a snidey one like saying um, you know everything's going against us at the moment the, you know, the, the team are down on their confidence and, and there's enough experience in, in that Chelsea team to, to give us you know, more, than a, more than a good game they, I mean, they did give us a good game but you know, it's, it, we, 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 did, we did more than doing what we do well um, Tom, you know, Thomas Frank out-tacticed out him um, and out-coached him and I, that's what I don't understand about the, the Lampard myth I mean I think he's a nice guy and um, whatever, but he, he seems to be given these opportunities on a plate, and he's, he hasn't earned them. And where you know Thomas Frank, he continues to to do his quiet, brilliant work. Um, doesn't jump up and down. He he, he, pre- he practices what he preaches. He doesn't get high when we win, and he doesn't get too low when we lose. Um, it's a cliche, but you know I, th- I thought he was quite wise as well in that. Um, I mean, I, I said the same after the game, and so I was I was interested to hear him mention that um, the, 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 the 
the, the, the chances and the and the the, the play that we um, we we did at um, up at Wolves that ended in a two 0 defeat. It wasn't massively dissimilar to to last night. Whereas you know he said up at Wolves two deflections went against us and two deflections went for us last night. You know and the the the, the contrast in how you feel after both of those games could not be more marked because you know after the Wolves the the Molyneux defeat it, it seemed like you know the the wheels were coming off and our season was gonna you know deteriorate and now you know. Um, we, we're on a massive high 24 hours later on and we'll probably get mileage out of this for three or four years so um, you know but he, he was right to, to compare the two performances but you know looking at the numbers Bill we actually created more at, at Molyneux um, but got nothing yeah yeah and, and again talking about this, that was an, another interesting point as well because uh, again it just goes to show you and I know a lot of people say you know you've got to put the ball in the back of the net which is completely and utterly true I mean at Wolves we we went we, and you discussed this at the Wolves game, Laney, where you were saying, you know, um, a lot of people are saying, what are you talking about when, you know, when, 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 you, when we said that we were actually not that bad, we just didn't score the goals. Thomas Frank said it in his post-match podcast, he said, not podcast, but his interview said, actually, look, we were a bit unlucky in that game. You know, we, we, we worked really hard, we created really well, we just didn't score. And I think because... I don't know whether or not it's because it was Wolves, because we're just not happy going to Wolves, or whether or not it's just the fact that Wolves were, you know, they were quite terrier-like in the way that they played. I don't know what it was, but we just felt that we weren't really at the races in Wolves. But then when we looked at the stats, we thought, actually, we, we created quite, you know, created quite a lot against Wolves. We just didn't put them in the back of the net. And we created far more against Wolves uh, from from that particular statistical level than, you, than, than we did against Chelsea. But the difference is that Chelsea, you know, we put the ball in the back. Well, they put the ball in the back of the net in the first half, and we put the ball in the back of the net in the second half in a chance which was which was even probably more difficult than Shardé's miss, Shardé's miss against Villa the other day, which we didn't score. So again, it's it, you know, football is a game of chances. I know that's a cliched thing to say, and you can't really just you, you can't read anything into what the score is, or there's just so many factors that are involved, and sometimes it goes for you. And sometimes it didn't go for you. And there's an argument to say that it, 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 it went for us in this game. It went for us because, I suppose, it was a free hit for us. We had nothing to lose. You're at Chelsea. Um, everything was... The whole world was against them. You know, we knew that they weren't very good, that, that, that their confidence was down. So all we had to do is just kind of just play our game and just keep it tight. And then when, when the time came to push up Brentford, which uh, pushing up Brentford at the right time actually worked for us this time, whereas it didn't do on Saturday against Aston Villa because they scored against us and that wasn't very funny. But um, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah. But, but, you know, but you know, no one ever wants to talk about stats when you lose. I mean, that that is that's that's a fact, you know. And I, I do understand that. And you know, I think you know we're we're all on a all on a bit of a journey. Um, but I think you know the one thing is you, know, you, you shouldn't ever write this team off. You you, you shouldn't do that. You, you you can't. You know that they dug really deep for the badge last night, and uh, you know they will continue pushing till the end of the season. They prove that they're not they're not on the beach. You just, they just don't get it right every week, and you can't expect to get it right every week at this level. And you know we have we've had we've had an incredible season. You know it's uh, you know and um, you know I, I'm expecting more of the same. It's going to be a really really big game. Um, Forest coming to our place at the weekend, so you know it, it, uh, the, the thrills and spills continue, mate. 
Yes, indeed. So, frills and spills. I mean, Chelsea, um, just, just quickly coming back to this game again, let's just have a look at what else we can do stats-wise as well. Okay, so, you know, according to that game on the match up front, Chelsea, their strengths, they, their team had no significant strengths on the day against the Bees, actually. Their weaknesses, they were poor at finishing and also committed a high number of individual errors. They had a large quantity of possession in their opponent's half, which is Brentford's half. They attacked down the right-hand side, dominate possession, and they favoured short passing. As for Brentford, we created a high number of chances relative to our possession. We also were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from counter-attacks, and we were strong at finishing. But we lost possession often, and we also gave away a lot of free kicks around the box. We played with whiffs, attacked down on left-hand side, and we like our long balls. I mean, looking at the players who were top according to, to who scored as well was obviously Jan Elt, who I thought was a fabulous as well. So he was top of the pile, 7.5. David Rea, 7.4. Was he actually, to be fair as well, you've got to say David Rea, particularly in the first half, he uh, he pulled off a couple of saves or he did his goalkeeping duties, which you can also argue to say that he, uh, he, he kept us in the game. I mean, not necessarily saying that he flew across the, the goal and performed a marvellous save but there was a couple of saves that he made which if they'd gone in the game could have gone differently as well didn't it Laney? Yeah he looked like a real authoritative goalkeeper you know I, I do you know it's not a criticism at all but he's, he's not the tallest we, we said that and we all know that but he he does his positional sense he's, he's got so much better uh, he, he, he is the real deal and you know I, I heard I, I, you know, I heard people talking about the, the you know, the Man City goalie um, being the best in the world um, with the ball at his feet. Raya's Raya can't be can't be far behind him. You know, he's, he's, he he actually came out past the halfway line to take a free kick yesterday as well, didn't he? So we don't even you know, we just know that his distribution and his delivery is is perfect and his he he, he handled everything Chelsea threw at him and I know the you know the Abamyang header that just went over and landed on the top of the net that that was close but he he, he actually came out and he, you know, I think he got a hand um, or, or at least put the, the forward off so um, yeah um, take a bow David Rea as well Yes, right. And look as it's you, so, so Yenot, Raya, and then even Pinnock. And then after that was Conte as well. Um, he didn't He didn't play, I don't think he played in the game last season because I think he was, he was injured, wasn't he? If I remember right, I can't 100% remember. But I, th- I thought that he played at the game at their ARP ground last year, but I'm not sure if he was available for the game. But anyway, but anyway, it's interesting to see him back and in the four as well. And then Brian and Brian Bumo, interestingly, was like according to who scored was the fifth best player at seven point one, which is interesting because he only played. You know, he, he came on as a substitute. So uh, to, to actually kind of get yourselves right up in there as, after coming on the sub goes to show you what a contribution you made to the game. Interestingly, you know the shots um, on goal as well. Uh, uh, Abamyang, okay, Silva, Kante. Sterling, and then fifth or nine was Brian and Boomer. So Chelsea actually had a lot of shots. Again, I'd say to you, a lot of them were kind of more outside the area, smaller chances that they had, which obviously Brentford were probably quite comfortable with them doing that as well, um, which is which is all good. Just coming back to quickly that point, we were talking about the Wolves game. The Wolves game was just pulled it up here. The RXG was 1.5, including that massive De Silva chance, which he could have scored, which is, a, I think it was about 80% actually, or 78% or something like that. But De Silva should have scored in the six-yard box, and he didn't do in Wolves. So 1.5, don't forget we lost to them. I think it was 2-0, wasn't it? They were 1.02, we were 1.5. Um, and then against Chelsea, uh, she was 0.87, whereas Chelsea was 1.34. So we created more at Wolves 
than Chelsea created against us and much more than we created against Chelsea. And uh, um, just to show you, the results are about scoring the goals and we scored some a great goal and uh, and and Chelsea scored a great goal for us as well yesterday thank you very much Chelsea um, just just quickly going back to the fans there as well go to make sure you go to pride of west dot london and listen to the to- the full fan clip piece about the fans after the game in the Chelsea because it's definitely worth listening to you've got the chanting in the ground at the beginning of the section where the the Brentford fans are singing Chelsea get battered everywhere they go which is a which is which is kind of one of those things which you think how how weird is this like you know we're in Chelsea and we're singing about how Chelsea get battered in effect by Brentford you know everywhere they go um last year obviously we beat them 4-1 and I completely forgot until something came up on my timeline that we did sing the same song to them except for we we changed the words again do you remember what the words were last year Laney for that no I don't Chelsea get sanctioned everywhere they go (laughs) Chelsea get sanctioned everywhere they go and Chelsea got sanctioned after the uh, Ukrainian war obviously because they had a uh, a Russian owner at the time who's not their owner anymore so uh, they they got sanctioned where they weren't allowed to do any transfers a year ago so uh, it goes to show you that you know maybe maybe we might have to think of of, of some new words for the same song next year when we go down there lately Uh, we got we got a year to think about it don't we I tell you what, I did love though. Um, obviously, the atmosphere it grew and grew towards the final whistle. But once we once we realised that the, the game the game was won, and uh, um, but the but the the game went end to end for that last ten minutes, and it, it, we weren't sitting back trying to defend the two goals. I mean, Chelsea obviously were going to come at us, but we we literally it was break after break after break. And it was Sharda, and then it was Mbumo, and then you know. Uh, honestly, it was it was an excellent kind of uh, yeah, just a classic end to ender, and uh, you know I would, have, I would have gladly watched another ten fifteen minutes of that, but uh, it's better to get the, get the whistle, get the three points, and then uh, yeah, skip back to a uh, skip back to the pub. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was actually the best. That was the best part of the game. I mean, that was the best part of the game, but that kind of reminded me of you know Brentford. That was very Brentford. That was. It's almost like beforehand we're we're not saying we've been conservative, but we're doing what we had to do. Then all of a sudden, it's like when you tell people about Brentford and the football that we play, you know that just kind of like just reminded me of that whole Brentford where it's a, it was a little bit. I want to say gung ho, but it's one of the scenarios where you think, oh yeah, we could score, but then obviously we might be able to let in a goal, and you know, and that was good. And and I think we could enjoy that a lot more because we were um, we were winning. <laughs> we were really yeah. by two goals at that stage, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, Ben Mee. Oh, Ben Mee. Yeah, Ben Mee. Well, how about that little... I was going to say, Bill, what other highlights from the game? So, you Ben Mee, that little pirouette. The turn, yeah. Yeah, that was brilliant. I love, I love the Rico Henry um, and Wesley Fofana little clash. Not, not necessarily the clash itself, but the way Rico Henry kind of, kind of reeled him in, or almost caught up and overtook him. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, like I said to you, loads of chance there on the terraces. Um, we want you to stay, Frank Lampard. We want you to stay. Like, you know, there's, a, there's quite a lot of a tongue-in-cheek going on as well. Um, you know, obviously, sort of, kind of the worst support we've ever seen. Sort of singing to the Chelsea fans who are just standing there in silence, like you know. And for me, again, you know, as a Brentford fan, you know, it must be really embarrassing because Chelsea were like, I mean, they were top of the pile. Chelsea are, and to have Brentford come and just kind of just basically kind of both on and off the piss, pitch, piss, pitch, take the piss <laughs> out of you like that is, um, 
it's just it's just it's quite bad actually. I mean, the singing, the support was actually really good, and uh, we did have we did have a lot of fun. I mean, you know, the jeopardy wasn't quite there for us, so I suppose we could have a lot of fun, couldn't we? Yeah, I, I do love the baiting of Mikhailo Mudrik as well. You know, could, should have come to a big club, and I, I thought he was uh, he was awful. He has been awful since he's arrived there, um, and I, I, I loved. Uh, I don't know if you saw it as well. Um, Ivan Tony almost got his toe on the end of a, a, a Ariza Belaga kind of um, clearance. He got the big, he got the ball back in the goal and then uh, tried to try to spread it out to the left to Chalabar and um, Tony almost almost got his toe on it. And as as Tony got up, he, he walked past the goalie and he kind of he patted him or he had a laugh with him because he knew it was like millimetres away. He probably felt it at the end of his toe, but uh, the three would have been just incredible. That really would that really would taken the piss taken into um, off the scale yeah. territory. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also, I mean. Remember, there's that, that moment when all of a sudden, like, I mean, you got Ivan Tony in your side, and then we decided to substitute him <laughs> at Chelsea. I mean, that was that was quite a bizarre moment, wasn't it? We're like, Tony's coming off because we were thinking, Shardy going to come on? Who's he going to come on for though? And like, oh no, he's coming off for Ivan Tony. I mean, that 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 is a disrespect, you know, to Chelsea. You know, it's all right. We don't need our top striker. You know, he scored twenty odd goals, but we don't need him anymore because we'll just bring somebody else on. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I've, I've mentioned it in the in the post match, and I've, I think I've probably mentioned it a couple of weeks back as well. But I think, you know, clearly Sharda has been brought in to be a potential replacement for Tony at number nine. I know that's not we're going to we're not going to use Sharda, um, but he, his first touch when he came on was to win win that header, a flicked on header. So he, he he needs to get you know a little bit more um, um, confident, I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think the. It's, it's an interesting situation to see how the Sharda Tony kind of transfer may happen if if, if Tony um, is is tempted off to to pastures new in the summer, then I think that's that's the way the club are going to go. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, listen, we're going to go off. We're going to have another little break. We're going to come back and actually tell you what we're going to do when we come back. We're going to find out what JB has got to say because JB's always got a lot of facts and funk I bet he's proper funky today are you ready for this I told you it was coming who JB and he's ready to stock it to you one time uh, get it hello Jonathan Birchall here again winning at Stamford Bridge in two successive seasons is something no Brentford fan has ever seen before Wednesday night We met Chelsea in our original five top-tier seasons, plus our two in the Premier League. We have now scored in all seven of our league visits to Stamford Bridge, but Wednesdays was the first time we'd kept a clean sheet. And on that subject, it was the 10th Premier League clean sheet of the season, with David Raya not beaten by Southampton, Bournemouth nor Chelsea in either game against them. The 10 is one more than we achieved last season. Back in 1986, exactly 37 years to the day before the Chelsea game, we drew 3-3 with York City at Griffin Park in front of a crowd of 2,864, our sixth lowest home crowd since joining the Football League, excluding Covid restrictions. Fast forward to 2023 and the game at Chelsea saw the attendances at our Premier League matches this season and last past the 2 million mark. And there it is, that 
That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Plus the many, many more watching on TV or the internet. In our game on Saturday, our goal against Villa in match 32 was our 48th of the season. That's the same number as we scored in all 38 Premier League games last season, but six games earlier. And although we were disappointed with the draw on Saturday, Villa failed to complete the double over us, which means Newcastle are the only club this season where we failed to take a point. There were four doubles over us last season, none in the promotion season, and in Thomas Frank's first full season, just one. Nottingham Forest. So there you go, there's JB with some facts and some funk. Croaky JB as well, because I think that he was probably singing one or two cheeky little songs at Stamford Bridge. I, 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 I can imagine he was probably, Laney, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he might have been singing Chelsea Get Battered everywhere we go. Chelsea I think Get he start, Battered. I think he started it, I saw him at the back. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so JB there with some facts and some funk as we look ahead to the match against Forest. Nottingham Forest, we're playing them at the weekend. And uh, Nottingham Forest, interestingly, they've come down from the championship or come up from the championship um, on a bit of a riser. And uh, lots of lots of lots of happiness and anticipation for their Premier League season from the Forest fans. Their owner um, went out and spent a lot of money. Um, I mean, it's not unknown that he spent a lot of money, but spent a lot of money and they bought in a lot of players and they bought in our friend Steve Cooper from uh, Swansea to come in and guide them. He actually guided them to, 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 the champ, to, to the Premier League and then they've guided, he's guided them this season. And as you know, people out there who may or may not know, Steve Cooper and Brentford, we don't quite get on for various reasons, is it, Laney? No, no, he's 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 been very salty in the past, and uh, you know it's 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 there is there is beef there, and obviously us pipping Swansea to uh, the Premier League a couple of seasons back was was kind of uh, um, a game set and match really for us. But and, do, you, do you remember how it started though? Do you remember that game, the semi final game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the Rico, the Rico, yeah, the Rico sent the, the sending off that never was the, the season before. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all season I've been I've been looking for Forest to lose, and um, it was a shame that we, you know, we, we conceded that very very late goal at the City Grounds, where you know we, we had we'd gone one 0 behind and we, we flipped it. We had that lovely Weiser goal that um, you know he chipped the goalkeeper, and we thought that we would hang on. I mean, it was they they, they threw the kitchen sink at us, um, but. Now I'm not I'm not going to lie, Bill, and you know it's all about 
Leeds going down as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I won't hide the fact that I want Leeds out of this Premier League. They're, they're you know, they're, they're rubbish. <laughs> and, um, you know, but also, it, doesn't it show you how, how, how rubbish you have to be to get relegated? You know, there's a good chance that Leeds will escape, you know. Um, but they've been shit. And um, it's, uh, I know, I've been, I've been enjoying, enjoying their demise for the last couple of years. And we should have, we should have sent them down last year. But there you go. Again, it's not, and it's got necessary about the, the on pitch stuff with Leeds either as well I mean with Forrest as you know I mean I I've always wanted Forrest to stay up uh, because I like going to Forrest I've got a lot of Forrest chums out there I think it's a right laugh going to Forrest um, it's a great stadium it's a great atmosphere you know staying out there is really good um, they're in the predicament I thought that Forrest would actually get out of uh, the, the the situation um you know that they're in you know it's with their players with you know with the games and they looked like they were going to get out of it at some stage but they've pulled themselves right back into it recently where they literally haven't been able to buy a win and for us again same for me uh, it's really disappointing because uh, Leeds United is the team obviously that every single Brentford fan wants to go down if there was you know if there was uh, if, if you had to give between Forest and, and, and Leeds to go down if you had to have one or the other I could say that 99.3% of Brentford fans would say they wanted Leeds to go down uh, not because of the football as well but just because of the lack of respect the disrespect they've given us over the past few years and especially the last couple of years as well so it's quite nice to see the shoe on the other foot where we're going beating Chelsea up in their ground and we're up where we are and Leeds are doing what they are um, because apparently we, we don't deserve to be in the Premier League according to uh, to, to these these posh, posh Leeds boys up there who, uh, who, who, who do their podcasts up there and, and say their thing but hey Listen, you know, they, they're entitled to their opinion and we're entitled to our opinion as well. So let's see how this season pans out. However, Laney, we do have a bit of a predicament because obviously we are playing Forest on Saturday and we would love to get, you know, all three points in, in, in any game. Um, and uh, to be quite honest with you, you know, all three points in any game. But I'm going to say to you is that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a really... Uh, There's a pretty bit of predicament here, Laney. If we played Forest on Saturday... We're going to play Forest on Saturday. And if there was some sort of wizard out there that said to you, OK, Laney, if your team Brentford lost to Forest, then you, then Leeds would automatically 100% be relegated. Would you take that? Yes. Yeah, you know. So would I, actually. They're living rent-free in our head, remember. So, um, <laughs> is, is that the expression? I think, I think that's, that's the expression. expression yeah, that's it. Like, yeah. That's it, Laney. Yeah. yeah, but I think, I think, I think again, quite a few Brentford fans. If you were just given two choices, and listen, this is just hypothetical. We're not saying it's going to happen. But if you had, a, you only had two choices. You can't say, oh yeah, we're going to do this. It's just like there's two choices. You either win this game, and and everything just carries on. Or if we lost against Forest and Leeds were then relegated, okay. what would you take? Yeah, Can on. we frame, frame, frame it slightly differently? I think we could frame it like if Brentford have to lose one game between now and the end of the season, which game would you rather them lose? And I, I'd say Forest and then we win the rest because that would, that would, that would be um, sufficient, would it, would it not? Uh, <laughs> um, you, you could do that as well. I think, I think that's... Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that's... Probably uh, well, that's bend, bending the rules. I know yeah, that wasn't the original yeah, question, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it makes that that way makes me feel less guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all your fault, lady. Yeah, if he, if he loses Saturday, so which is all yeah. good. But listen, you know, tell you something though. Look, we are chatting away ourselves, and we're trying to sort of kind of like talk ourselves 
into knowing what's going on in forest but we've got no idea what's happening in forest what we're going to do we're going to go over to the land of the forest the tricky trees as they call them and we're going to call we're going to speak to scott because scott knows everything that's going down at forest hi billy it's scott ely avid nottingham forest supporter part-time football writer um looking forward to Saturday's game and reviving somewhat of a, of a decent rivalry between, uh, between Brentford and Forest. So what am I thinking about the season so far? Uh, it's definitely been a roller coaster, that's for sure. Um, obviously had the highs of, of getting promoted for the first time in 20 odd years, um, but then it was fairly kind of having to dismantle that squad, losing those lone players and um, it's been a it's been a tough job for Steve Cooper just to kind of get so many players gelled and, and being cohesive. Um, but you know, despite kind of recent disappointments, if if you'd said to me at the start of the season, would Forest still be in a chance of um, surviving in the Premier League with five games to go, then we would have snapped your hand off. Um, so you know, there's still plenty for us to play for. Um, we've had a recent uh, pick up. In the, in the last week with a big win against Brighton um, but since the last time we played you I think it was back in October time um, we definitely steadied the ship for a, for a, a good part before the World Cup and um, had a little bit of a blip in early January but um, we put together some good performances and, and we're looking really strong so um, injuries have, have certainly gone against us um, and more additions in January have not helped um, and it's almost left us kind of trying to forge an identity once more. You know, it took us a time to, to get settled into the Premier League and get accustomed to the level. Um, and it definitely took a, a couple of months to get that Steve Cooper um, side back. Um, and just as things were being settled and getting that identity again, we had some key injuries um, in January, which again, you know, just coming back to those additions, just upskittled everything um, and almost started from scratch once more. In terms of Steve Cooper, um, what would I give him out of ten for the se- for the job that he's done so far this season? I think I think it's fair to say it's a six at the moment. Um, I think it was absolutely the right thing to keep him, um, and it's been quite refreshing from the owner to be honest that he's that he's persevered. There's been a couple of times where it felt like he might be going, um, but yeah, considering the uh, the Greek owner. Evangelos Maranakis has, has certainly been a bit trigger happy, um, you know, in the past, and, and Olympiakos also. Um, it's been good that he's kind of stuck with with Steve Cooper. Um, you know, it's with the brand new team and so many players. It's you know that inevitably is going to take time. Um, the problem that we have in the Premier League is it's, it's very unforgiving. Um, so it's it's pretty much been you know it's not far off an impossible job. Um, to replace the vast majority of that, you know, that squad last season, um, but our away form has been, you know, has been dreadful to be honest, um, and a lot of that has come down to the manager, um, and, and, and sadly he's not been able to solve that problem. Um, yes, we've, you know, yes we've had some injuries, but there's been some also some really bad, um, shocking individual errors, um, especially away from home that have cost us cost us points. Um, and it's it's a bit of a funny one, really, how we can't um, adjust away from home because 
when we're at the city game, city ground, we pretty much play like the away team. We let um, we let the opposition have plenty of the ball, and we try to hit them on the break. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a funny one. How we can't can't replicate that away from home. Um, I think there's been a degree of being starstruck. You know, being the Premier League, um, it's a it's a new thing for a lot of the players. Um, we don't have that much experience in the team, and some of the experienced players coming from abroad have not played in the Premier League before. So. I think, yeah, I think being starstruck has certainly caught us up, particularly at, at the bigger clubs where we've, you know, we've had some real hidings. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's building that belief. It's been a big learning curve this season, um, but the time is to kind of, you know, take take stock of what we've learned, learn from those mistakes, and they've really got to apply apply ourselves in these last five games to try and keep us in the Premier League. That being said, if Steve Cooper keeps us up, then I think you'd have to give him an eight or a nine. Um, out of ten, considering the challenge of so many new players in so little time, given that you know we're in in the playoffs, um, which etted to pre-season preparation. So if he keeps us up, then he's done an absolutely fantastic job as as Cooper. In terms of the players that we've brought in, yeah, we've brought in thirty players. Um, to be honest, the majority have turned out to be fairly decent. I think. Um, you know, it's hard to judge everyone as the, you know they only joined in the summer and there's still plenty of time to grow. And there's been some players that you know you think about Emmanuel Dennis who had a pretty good season with Watford in front of goal and you know he's been he's been disappointing. But there's still flashes that you know there's room for him to grow a little bit a little bit further. Um, it's it's concerning that we're now into our third recruitment um, person since this time last year. Um, it's definitely been a mixed bag in terms of the signings, but I think particularly the ones that were made in the summer, um, we've signed some good young players on relatively low kind of Premier League fees and, and wages um, that have got plenty of time to come good. And, and I think that's whether we're in the in the Premier League or whether you know we're in the Championship. I'm, I'm still hopeful that we keep hold of um, some of the younger players. I suppose the disappointing thing is, is probably been some of the more experienced signs that we've, we've brought in. Um, I think particularly in January, that really upscaled things with the arrival of Chris Wood and, and John Joe Shelby from Newcastle. Um, both players that don't really fit into the Forest style of play. Um, playing up to a big man is, is not how Steve Cooper's played um, since he came at Forest. It's been fairly fluid moving forwards. Um, so Chris Wood, you know, was hoping would be a different dynamic, but it it, it really wasn't working. Um, but he's out for the season now, so in in some respects we can go back to the the way that we're suited and accustomed to playing. Um, and John Joe Shelby has probably been the biggest disappointment of the lot, to be honest. Um, when he was coming into the team, he was, you know, I think really looking to take the team by the scruff of the neck but he was then starting to bypass the midfield and, and just looking for the Hollywood pass every time he got the ball and um, yeah he's, he's not been great and there's been some errors as well from from um, his part and um, you know when you're looking at signing the, that type of experienced Premier League player um, when they're making mistakes like he has um, it's been disappointing and um, it looks like there's been issues off off the pitch um, he wasn't happy uh, but being left out of the squad at, to go to Anfield and um, it looks like he's, he's having time out of training at the moment um, so it's definitely not a time for big time Charlies um, speaking of which you know Jesse Lingard had that reputation um, 
of being kind of more interested in in stuff off the pitch rather than on it. Um, it's been a bit of a shame, really, because Jesse was just starting to come into some form, um, having kind of not been fit at the start of the season, but the World Cup kind of disrupted um, his progress, and then he picked up an injury um, on Boxing Day against Man United, and he's, he's barely kind of featured since. But he seems to have a good influence off the pitch, um, particularly with the younger players, and he's, he's always quite visible and vocal on the touchline, um, particularly at the at the City ground. I think, you know, Forrest have got someone like Tyro Awanyi, who, you know, he's come from um, come from German football and he's gotten accustomed to playing in the Premier League a little bit more now. So, um, fingers crossed, he could be, you know, a, you know, a good signing, um, particularly in this running that we could do with him um, having a big contribution up top. So, in terms of who you should be looking out for uh, at Forrest... Um, Morgan Gibbs White is, is, you know, he's a real talent, and when he's on form, he transforms the way Forest play. Uh, sadly, away from home, his form has been disappointing, um, but on a goal and an assist at Anfield last weekend, will hopefully have done his confidence the world of good. Um, it's coming, you know, it's, it's massive games now, um, and it really is showtime for Morgan. You know, he's a record signing, um, so he's got to turn those home performances into more effective ones away from the city ground that you know we need to pick up. Um, I think at least six or seven points from these remaining five games to hopefully to stay up. Um, Danilo is another one to watch out for. He came over um, from Palmeiras in, in Brazil in January with, with really good pedigree. Um, we've had to be patient with him. Um, he's obviously come to you know a, a new country, getting adapted to the style and the pace. So it's taken him a bit of time and he's, and he's not featured um, as much as we would have liked. But he's getting a good run now and really starting to look, um, you know, a good player. Um, he's got bundles of energy. He likes to break play up, but he's got uh, that Brazilian flair moving forwards and, and technically very good. He scored his first goal in the week against Brighton. So we're kind of hopeful that there'll be one or two more before the, the season's out. In terms of relegation, does it worry me? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've been out of the Premier League for 20 odd years. Um and you just don't want to go down with a whimper. So it was looking it was looking good in January and then we've just had a really poor run of results. But the the three two defeat at Anfield has looks to have kind of um given us a positive to, to build from. We got to score two uh, goals away from home um, and obviously going to Anfield and putting in a really good performance is um this kind of led on to that momentum taken into the Brighton game where, you know, we played really well and everybody was working really hard and we scored a couple of good goals. So um, we've just got to see, you know, hopefully we can get something at, um, at your place on, on Saturday. And then we've got Southampton coming up, you know, which is going to really a really big home game. Um, so fingers crossed we can pick up four points in the next couple of matches. Um, in terms of who do I think will go down... Um, Funnily enough, I was in Belfast a few weeks ago um, and, and, and a little bit superstitious, but a few things caught my eye that determined who I think will go down. Um, we were at the Titanic Museum and obviously that was the ship that went down after leaving Southampton. So I think they're kind of fairly doomed. Interestingly, there was both Everton and Leeds United club shops in Belfast city centre that were now empty with whitewashed windows. So I'm hoping that's going to be a sign that they'll that they'll um, that they'll be going down as well. So I'm fairly optimistic um, that they'll be the three to go. 
thinking about the game earlier in the season, uh, I thought we started really well in that one. And uh, Morgan Gibbs White scored a cracking goal. It was a definitely a contentious uh, VAR decision. Um, where Dean Henderson was was done um, for well tripping over. I can't remember the striker's name, but tripping tripping the striker over. Um, but it looked like he got a hand on the ball. VAR seemed to take an age and then they eventually bottled it after not making a decision and, and, and put it back in the ref's court. Um, so to wait kind of, I don't know, it must have been five or six minutes for that decision. It was really frustrating um, that we conceded and then you guys went 2-1 in front. Um, but it was great that we got a, a last-minute equaliser. Um, and fingers crossed that could be a really big point at, you know, at the end of the season. I think in the Premier League particularly, um, if you can get a last-minute uh, last equaliser, it feels sometimes as, as good as a win. Um, so, fingers crossed, it'll be a big point. Um, and we'll see, you know, we'll see at the end of the season. Brentford, um, the players that are kind of, that impressed me. Um, and Bueno, um, if I think that's the way you pronounce his name, um, he's made, you know, a great transition into the Premier League. And he seems such a consistent performer. Um, I'm a big fan of Norgard as well as Pinnock and Henry. Um, who again, you know, those those last two have, have shown that they can kind of make that transition from you know the football league into the into the Premier League and and play well on a consistent basis. Um, but a lot of the time, you know, you're not about you know big names uh, in particular. I don't think. I mean, obviously Tony really the you know the go-to man for for the headlines with the goals. But you're just a well-oiled machine, and you have been for a long time. So. I think it doesn't matter in, in in some aspects who comes in to the Brentford team because you know you know you play like a team you play good football and it's it's fairly predictable of of how you're going to play and that will be keeping good possession and and trying to get a, get around the opposition. I think in terms of the the game on Saturday, it's going to be backs against the wall for Forest definitely for for the ninety minutes. Um, but the good thing is we're beginning to create chances. Um, we can't afford to defend like we did against Liverpool last weekend but if we can keep that spirit going uh, particularly after Wednesday's win then maybe we can cause a surprise um, Forest have got plenty of individual talent in the team um, but that's where we are at the moment um, we've certainly relied on individuals too much over the course of the season um, currently you know, there's a big reliance on the goalkeeper Kayla Navas um, to pull off some big saves We've got Luis Felipe at the back, who you know he's been brilliant since he since he came, but he just can't do it all by himself. He, he needs help um, in the back four. Um, Morgan Gibbs White, that I touched on earlier, you know he can show some individual brilliance, and then Brennan is, Brennan Johnson's been our top goal scorer, but it's not quite come together cohesively uh, across the season in terms of how we want to play. But it's kind of it's showtime. You know we've we've got to pick up results. It's do or die. Um, so let's see if it brings out the best of us. And and if anything, we just want Forest to to go down fighting, not to go out with a whimper. So I'm going to go for a, for a two-all draw, um, and hopefully, you know, just to stop the rot away from home and, and take that into the Southampton game. Um, we'll we'll see us pick up some 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 decent points as we try to stay up. So yeah, so thanks very much for having me on. Um, Hope you enjoy the game on Saturday. So there you go, Nottingham Forest. Um, a bit, bit of a predicament, Forest. And um, but 
the thing is, listen, the, the reality is, and we're not sort of saying it, you know, this is like kind of like, it's not rocket science, but, you know, they've got to get themselves out of the predicament. You know, we can, you know, there's only certain much that other teams can help them. But at the end of the day, if the teams around them are like losing matches, they kind of need to win and draw a few matches to try and get themselves out of it. And every week I see them thinking, come on, come on, Forrest. Like there's only a couple of points between you and, and, and that, that gap there. Come on, you can do it. And, uh, and and it just, just just doesn't quite happen, and it's quite it's quite it's quite frustrating. It has to be said. I mean, looking at Forest, and we're playing them on Saturday. Um, I mean, going to who scored? What their strengths? Their strengths. They say they don't have any significant strengths. Okay, their weaknesses: finishing, scoring chances, keeping possession of the ball, defending set pieces, defending against long shots, defending against skillful players. Very weak against fouling in dangerous areas they favor long balls attacking down the right they take long shots they attempt crosses often they take a lot of shots they play in their own half they're aggressive and they rotate their first 11 i mean for forest i, I, I mean I, I don't know what to say lately i mean the, you know the ball is definitely in their court isn't it? it it yeah i mean the league table shows that they're you know they're out of it at the moment i mean there's only there's only a point there and leads are out of it there's there's the point and, and goal difference um that, that you know they've got another 10 goals um but they're better off than uh, than forest um but there are going to be twists and turns i mean obviously clearly they're all of those teams at the bottom they're there because they don't win very much and they they still they're not they're not really you know putting on runs bournemouth have, have pulled away a little bit but they're not fully out of it um they, they lost at the weekend and it's it's, it's it looks down it's, it looks between everton leicester and, and forest and leeds um leicester and leicester Gaff, Gaff, and leicester yes oh i'll talk to you about that next week as well i had to explain that that to 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 Brentford fans that should know better actually, but you know why why do you say why do you say Leicester? Anyway, I, I explained to it. Everyone else should should know. Anyway, so they Dean Smith's at 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 Leicester now. Um, Everton are playing tonight. They've got they've got um, Newcastle, um, which is a you know it's a it's a big big ask for them to get any points when you see how um, great uh, Newcastle were against Tottenham. Um, although Tottenham were awful. Um, Forest at our, at our place, um, and then Leeds. Leeds uh, have got a tricky one at the weekend as well. So, you know, it, it is going to probably go to the wire as it did last year. But you know, I, I, I just we, we're just yeah, we can we, we can't guess, but it's just I don't I don't think any of those teams are going to pull away to to um, a level that it means that they can really go into the last day not looking over their shoulders. I mean, yeah, I mean, just, you know, as we do, um, because as Forest fans now, we love our stats as well. And we, got, we like to go to 538. Um, normally when we're doing OK, or either when we're doing OK, we're doing really badly just to find out what the score is. Uh, but also we like to see how the opposition are doing as well. And 538 is, a, like I said, a site that predicts. It's a stats prediction site that is kind of used as a standard. Nate Silver, who runs it as well, who's a bit of a guru in the stats world. He, he normally does more election stats and stuff like that as well. But also he does a lot of American sports stats. But then he's coming to UK soccer and we're wide soccer and he's done that in there so what they've done is that they've predicted in their chart exactly where teams are going to finish at the end of the season and let's just start at the bottom because we're talking about Nottingham Forest at the moment now is what's their chances of survival so at the bottom they've got Southampton rock bottom finishing rock bottom with 30 points okay then below them they've got above them they've got Everton finishing 
um, 19th with 33 points. Then they've got Nottingham Forest finishing third from bottom with 34 points. But this is what I find interesting because they've actually got Leeds United finishing in fourth from bottom place with 35 points. So there's only one point difference there, which means that if Forest actually can pull out a result which is not expected, it's going to just change things massively. Okay, now I know Forest fans will say if, but this is kind of how this game works. Like, you know, one point in it. Interestingly, um, 90% chance of relegation uh, is Southampton. And then 63% chance is Everton. The 58% chance is, Le uh, is Nottingham Forest. 45% chance is Leeds. 34% chance is Leicester. Then 9% is Bournemouth. So Bournemouth are out of the race as far as they're concerned. And they say they have a massive downturn. It's really between Leicester, Leeds and Nottingham Forest and Everton for the last two places, according to the stats people. And even if you want to sort of tuck it down a little bit, it's probably between Leeds, Forest and Everton for them last two places as well. Now, interestingly, Leeds United, because you think, oh, well, Leeds. Leeds United, when you look at them at the beginning of the year, I think the 1st of January, their chances of relegation were actually, I think the chances were, um, it was 15, 15%. So Leeds were 15% at that stage, which means that you're pretty much you're quite out of the picture. And now they're up to 45, almost going to 50%. So you can see that they're on a massive downward slump, like, you know, whereas, you know, Nottingham Forest, you know, talking about that. And at the same time, around about that same time, Forest were on 44% at, in January, you know, and now they're on, you know, 58%. So, OK, they slumped a bit. A bit. They're in an even worse position than they were then. But, you know, if you compare it to Leeds... All they need to do is get a little result out the blue, like they did the other day against was it was it was it Arsenal? They got a result against Arsenal, wasn't it, Laney? Um, Southampton. Southampton. South, uh, no, Southampton got a three-three draw last weekend against um, Arsenal on, on Friday night. Um, uh, Forest beat Brighton last night. Oh, yes, it Forest. That was it. Bright, Brighton. Okay, and I, I thought Arsenal just only because I still think of Brighton as an Arsenal because they were just so good when we played them. To me, they were like the best team that we played all season. So I sort of see them as like the pinnacle. But then they go down to Forest and Forest beat them out of the blue that was not an expected result you know so if they can pull up another unexpected result that will change things massively so and, and, and any Forest fans listening to this who used to take the piss out of us being um, spreadsheet winkers as we call ourselves listen this, this is what we do just looking at the top end Laney um, of can the... I ask you, actually can I ask you a question Bill? yes yes you can um, according to your your stats there yeah. um, we're only six points behind Tottenham at the moment and I'm thinking this is there any chance, according to those stats, that we finish the second highest team in London? So Arsenal are going to be above us. And then can we overtake Tottenham? What do they predict? OK, well, according to the stats people, they're saying absolutely no chance whatsoever. Um, the stats people have got us finishing, not saying they're right wrong, because we can just go on a, a run and win every single game. And that's what this is all about. You know, you, they can't predict all of a sudden Sharda, you know, all of a sudden having some sort of kind of sort of like mind bending sort of kind of positivity thing going on and him going out there and doing things that people don't ever expect him to. So if we won all our games, of course, yeah, then that's a different scenario altogether. But at the moment, the expectation is that we who are we're currently on 47 points we're going to finish in ninth spot with 53 points which is actually not that many more points than we got now so there's not much expectation for us to get, so I'm kind of getting points from our next was it five games or so yeah mm. you know because we've got Liverpool we've got Tottenham we've got you know Man City so you know there's things like that they obviously think that Man City are going to beat us probably Tottenham are going to beat us Liverpool probably get a point from them so they're not expecting us to get that many points over the next few games interestingly so they've got Aston Villa finishing above us in eighth place with six 
60 points, which is a massive seven points above us. So there's a massive gap between us and Villa, they reckon. And then Tottenham finishing in sixth place on 61 points. Brighton on uh, one, two, three, four, five. No, Brighton in sixth place and 62 points. Tottenham in seventh place and 61. Villa in eighth place with 60. And us in ninth place on 53 is prediction. Above Fulham um, and 51 points. And Chelsea on 47 is their predicted points total for the end of the, uh, to the, end of the season, which is quite interesting. Um, they're obviously going to have to go on a proper about turn to try and get themselves to the top of the West London Mini League. But um, but yeah, so that's that, that, that's kind of where it is for us. So we are we are mid table, you know, or top ten, you know, just kind of sneaking in the top ten fodder, which is not bad for our first division, is it, Laney? No, it's fantastic. It really is fantastic, and you know, I'm looking I'm looking forward to the the, the remaining games. I think. Um, the, the the result last night at Chelsea has been a shot in the arm for everyone, and instead of kind of like you know thinking it, it may just like peter out with maybe one or th- maybe one or two more wins, I think we could be expecting just for a little bit more. And when we saw the fixtures for the final month, when the fixture list came out, we were going, oh my god, if we haven't got 40 points by you know, well, we haven't got 37, 38 points by then or more, we're 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 doomed. But we. The, you know, it just shows you that we've blown all expectations out of the water. We're sat here with 47 points, and we're actually looking forward to the final month. You know, it's it's uh, to see the season out with pitted against some of the best teams in the division is is mouth watering. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So listen, Laney, we've got Forest coming down on Saturday. Had uh, a great result against Chelsea. Played very well against Villa. Previous few games, probably we won't want to really write home against them. I want to ask you, what is your score prediction for the match? On, oh, tell something before we talk about this. Talk about score predictions. Can you believe? I mean, obviously, people that listen to the podcast, <laughs> uh, they're uh, they're laughing, they're laughing away. So there you go. Every week, I've just decided from the start of the season, I predicted two nil to the bees, two nil to the bees, and I've never got it right. And every single week, I've gone in just to try and make sure I can nab that two nil uh, win for the Brentford. And then what happens? We decide not to do a podcast before Chelsea. We beat Chelsea 2-0 and I have not got a prediction in my bag. So I'm really unhappy, actually, that my 2-0 didn't come in, even though you know, Lane, you know I would have gone for a 2-0 against Chelsea, don't you? Nope. <laughs> this is a typical, <laughs> typical West London cheat, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, cheat. Yeah. So anyway, so listen, I'm going to ask you what your, um, pod- uh, what your podcast prediction is for the Forest game, Laney. Um, confident and relaxed Brentford three, stressed and nervous Forest one. Ooh, okay, three one to the mighty mighty bees, and I'm thinking to myself, tell you something, should I do it? Should I do it to myself, Laney? You know, it's it's not going to happen. Go you on, know, do it. I've got to do it. So I'm going to go Brentford two. Forest nil. Hoping that horse comes in once again because obviously I missed going to the betting shop on Saturday to put my money on the horse that came in anyway. So I'm going to go for it. River two, Forest nil. So anyway, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. I'll tell you something. I want to say thank you to all the people that bought us a beer. We went on there for the Kofi. Um, haven't been on there for a while because we're so mad busy and we just give some thumbs up and we've gone back about a year <laughs> giving some thumbs up to people to say thank you very much for buying us a beer. Um, we'll also start to give you some mentions, but if we gave you all mentions for the amount of people that bought us a beer, basically that's a podcast in its own. So what we might have to do is we might have to sort of think of some stories and some jokes and everything like that for yourself, which is all good. But thank um, you very much. I don't, I don't think it means people should go, oh, they don't need to be bought a beer. <laughs> 
if people, if people do enjoy the podcast, it's uh, you know, and you haven't bought us a beer for a while, then uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it will be gladly drunk. You know that. Yeah, which is be thoroughly enjoyed. Thoroughly, we thoroughly tell you something. We thoroughly enjoyed um, being at the podcast mm. um, and having a few beers last night. We like I said we had a few podcast characters come and brought us a few beers yesterday. It was, it was really good hanging out with the USA bees the last few days as mm. well. You know, we've got Katie's one. She's gone back to Atlanta today, but she had a right laugh there at Chelsea yesterday as well. Steve, the Baltimore bee, was in the house as well. He's going to be there again on Saturday. He was absolutely. T- he, was, he was. He was tucking right in really early yesterday as well. He's absolutely potty for it. There was uh, there was more. There's more America. There's American bees coming out from all over the place. We should say we'll be talking about them next week or next week's podcast. I mean, like I said, they're not the only bees because we've also got the original bees, the bees that come from you know from Slough and from you know Hounslow and from Feltham and all the original bees. They're all in the house there as well. So we're not picking out on any other person because they're uh, you know because they're special bees. We're just sort of just talking to people that have come up to us and chat to us. Also want to say thank you to everybody that comes up to us and thanks us for uh, do, for doing the podcast. It's really nice because again we sitting in in our studio um aka our kitchens or our houses or the pub or wherever we may be and we've got no idea who is out there checking out the podcast so it's really really good to uh, to see who is uh, um, listening and people like i said to you that we've never met or seen before who come up to us and say thank you very much and shake our hands and stuff like that we really appreciate you and your support that you're giving so thank you very much and we'll try and keep them coming as much as we can do but like i said to you this is besotted pride of west london podcast my name is billy grant and i've got laney in the place Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you too. Um, you could check us out after the after the Forest game as well. Our podcasts go back up immediately after the match now we had a bit of a glitch with our new service provider now but now they go up immediately after the game so as you know the Chelsea podcast was up by 10.30 or 11 o'clock last night so if you were there late last night you would have catch that on your way home so you can catch that straight after the game on Saturday but like I said to you Forrester coming down they call us especially winkers but at the end of the day they understand how good as we say send leads down come on you bees send them down Forrest but come on you bees come on you bees Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.